Cool. Well, it's um it's nine oh five, so let's go ahead and and jump in, and um and then we can just as other people join, we'll just welcome them to the group. Um, so thanks so much for coming on this morning, and it's good to meet you all. Well, we're gonna we're gonna actually start with with introductions, and so we'd love to um just go around and just hear a little bit from everyone about your name. Um, the, you can just the age your kids is there, but where, where you are. Um, and, and then, you know, this workshop being about <clears throat> just workshop for busy moms and some of the things that came up um, in the survey, we thought it'd be fun to just open with a question around thinking about your life, you know, the arc of your life and, and, and some of the habits and changes that you have made just to inspire us that it's, it's actually possible to change and get better. And, um, and it truly is. So just hearing a couple of those stories. So we thought a prompt we could use would be something like, you know, your name, your location. And then you could say something like, uh, you know, I used to do this, but now I do this just to share a habit or a routine that you have established that's new to you. And it could be something in the last year, or it could be something in the last 10 years. You know, I used to, I used to be a night owl, but now I'm an early bird. I used to um, struggle with uh, eating too much sugar, but now I'm disciplined or anything like that um, that comes to mind for you. So um, let's go ahead and just get started with that. Um, let's see, in my top left corner is uh, Pauline. <laughs> oh, there's Pauline twice. I see Pauline two times on here for whatever reason, but. Pauline, you want to get us started? Or are you doing some shifting around here? Sorry. Um... My internet is unstable, so I'm trying to log into my phone. All right. Well, there's our uh, classic Zoom moment of the day. <laughs> but uh, all right. Well, uh, Chrissy, why don't you go ahead and get started? Sure. Um, so my name is Chrissy. Uh, currently, we're living in Chico, California, uh, which is a few hours north of the Bay Area. And um, I am going to say that I used to not, I'm going to steal the morning person one. I used to not be a morning person. Um, and then the last year I found that's really the only time that I have peace and quiet. So I have learned to love the mornings. <laughs> that's awesome. Cool. Amy. Okay. Um, let's see. I am in Millbrae and, um, I used to, um, oh yeah, I used to veg out and watch television for hours at a time at the end of my day. But um, since uh, we moved to Millbrae, we don't have cable, so I don't watch TV anymore. <laughs> what do you do instead? Um, I might be baking something or uh, lately I've been trying to exercise in my evenings. Nice. <laughs> All right, who's next? Let's see, um, Diane, you wanna go? 
Hi, I'm Diane and I'm in Foster City. Things I used to do. Let's see, before kids used to go out and eat a lot at restaurants and wait in lines, long lines for good food and go karaoke and stay up late. And um, yeah, now that doesn't happen. Occasional date night. Um, well, it's date day. We go daytime karaoke. <laughs> I love that. I had no idea you did karaoke. That's super fun. <laughs> Sarah. Hi, I'm Sarah too. I live in Menlo Park. Um, gosh, I, I was going to try to think about it, but for me, I thought I just need to give my gut answer. Uh, I used to travel a lot and now I don't really, but <laughs> it's kind of the territory. And oh, one other thing is I feel like I used to not really look around at plants but now I, I love looking around at plants and trying to figure out what it what they are. So that's a new thing for me. Awesome. Cool, um, Colleen. So um, my name is Pauline and I'm in Burlingame. Something that, um, that I used to do was that I was really germaphobic. And so um, I was afraid of dirt basically, but now we love mud pies and we do that um, weekly. That's awesome. Uh, Amber. Hi ladies. I used to not, well, I used to not go to the gym and the last three months I've been hitting the gym and taking some Pilates classes. So that's been super fun. Awesome. Uh, Fong. I am Fu, and uh, oh, that's okay. <laughs> um, I used to stay up like pretty late, um, so, like past eleven, sometimes till midnight, um, just going on my phone. But now, um, to motivate myself to sleep earlier, I'll read a, a a novel that I enjoy that that doesn't involve any thinking or anything like that. It's like, and then. Um, and then it helps me motivate me to go to bed earlier because I get to read this book. <laughs> awesome. Mm -hmm. All right, Pauline. Hey, hi, I'm Colleen. Um, I live in Melbourne and um, I also just recently have gotten really into plants um, and I like love walking in the neighborhood, staring at every single thing and <laughs> which is, um, I, I think I enjoy nature more. Was, was that Pauline Chang? Um, no, that's Co me and Colleen. Pauline, okay, I'm sorry. I thought, <laughs> sorry, I'm like, that's not Pauline's voice. <laughs> um, okay, thank you, Colleen. And then uh, Pauline, and then there's someone named iPhone, and I'm not sure if that's Maria on here twice or if that's somebody else. So Pauline, uh, Pauline Chang, why don't you share? Oh, hi. Can, can you guys see me? I just shared about the mud pie. <laughs> okay. Oh my goodness. Okay. Pauline and Colleen. I'm so confused on who's talking. Okay. <laughs> and then who's our iPhone person? Is that somebody that, or just Maria? Could it be me, Sonia? Oh, okay. Hi, Sonia. Hi there, ladies. Um, my name is Sonia and I live in the Sacramento area. Uh, I used to not go for nature walks, and now we enjoy going for nature walks with my daughter. Awesome. Yeah. 
Cool. And, um, oh, great. You were able to rename yourself. Awesome. Um, okay. So I'm Stephanie and, uh, I used to, I used to be a runner, uh, but now I, I do other things because my knees don't like running. <laughs> <laughs> now I run after children, <laughs> but I'll pray occasionally. Awesome. Well, thank you everybody for sharing and um, just getting us started and, and just reminding ourselves that there are these seasons of life where things change and, and, and that we can change as well, which I think is always a really good and important reminder. Um, so we want to take just a minute more to give you a little bit of an introduction to those of the, the moms that we'll be sharing today. There's four of us who've just spent some time brainstorming and gathering our ideas for um, for this time, but really we want to tailor it to, to what you need the most. Um, so I thought we'd start with just a quick um, intro to who we are and also um, a little bit like we, we thought it'd be fun to share a little bit of like a day in the life for each of us uh, so that if, if it's something that we want to come back to or just getting a sense of what are people's like, what, what, is, what does life look like for for these moms. And um, so we're gonna start, I'm gonna screen share and let me know if you can see uh, what's there. Uh, everybody can see that? Yes. Cool. All right, so um, <laughs> this is just kind of a fun way I thought of, of kind of sharing a little bit of our unique lenses. But um, Pauline, why don't you kick us off and just introduce yourself and take us through a bit of the day in, day in your life, day, a typical day in your life. And then we'll just go down, down there, uh, Chrissy next. And, um, and then we'll take it from there. Sure. So my name is Pauline and um, I have two kids. Um, my oldest is Chloe, she's six years old. And my youngest is Luke, he's two years old. And so, um, so the unique factor that um, we put for me is that um, we never thought that we would homeschool. Um, this was something um, really new to us. Um, my husband and I we were both schooled um, in, a in a traditional sense that we both went to school and um, John especially he um, attended private schools um, exclusively um, and so it wasn't until um, when we were in Jan's parenting class and also when we enrolled um, Chloe into preschool that we realized that um, the school didn't really align with our parenting values and we also wanted to spend a lot more time with our kids. So um, what our day looks like, what we decided was that we didn't want to recreate the classroom experience at home, <laughs> but that we wanted to, um, we wanted our kids to learn through living life. And um, we wanted to um, structure our day based on you know, habits, and um, just doing things together, like reading, you know, worshiping, doing family work. And so what are they, so um, Chloe just turned six. And so now we have to officially register our, our homeschool um, with the state. And so I'm also now incorporating um, more formal academics. So how our day looks like is that um, we structure our day um, based on some of the things that are, um, you know, most important to us. And then we rotate some of the some of the um, the other things in because we can't fit everything into our schedule. So um, what it looks like is we um, we have breakfast together. Um, John, um, John, my husband, will do the morning routine with the kids. Um, they will um, while I'm nursing Luke, um, they will 
um, empty out the dishwasher um, and then get breakfast um, ready. Um, and then we will come out, Luke and I will come out and we will join them for breakfast. And then after breakfast, we will um, have a time of, um, of worship and just getting the, the day started um, with the Lord. And then I have um, a time that I call it um, our morning lessons or morning activities, where um, that's a time where um, we'll rotate um, things that we want to, um, um, to expose our, our children. Um, from you know from art to like um to learning to read so chloe is um is learning phonics so we're doing some reading there and then um and if um if luke will allow us we will we will have some quiet bible time but if not we will uh, we're flexible in rotating in rotating that out to a different time um and then we do we prioritize outdoor time for our children and so um we will go out to um to a nature hike and then we will do lunch um, and then we'll come back for a nap. And then during um, Luke's nap time, something that I started doing with Chloe is that we'll have, um, we'll have our mommy and Chloe time over tea. And that has been such a blessing for us because um, it, it, it's just such a sweet time for us to talk and for us to, um, we, we do a lot of read out louds during that time, but also it's just a time for her to just share some of the things throughout the day. Or like if we have read um, something from the Bible or something like it, some things would just come up and she would just share with me during that time. Um, so that's a really sweet time that we have. Um, and then we also um, um, put in a slot in our schedule for, for family work and that, that rotates um, between um, you know, cleaning the tub or doing laundry um, or cooking. Um, and then we, we have our dinner and, um, and after that we, we do our, um, our night routine. So that's what, that's what a day looks like for us. Awesome. And I'll just add that um, Pauline will be sharing a little bit more throughout this workshop, but she is just an amazing uh, in terms of how she structures and schedules and thinks about fitting things in from habits to, to homeschool. So she's like the ultimate, I feel like <laughs> scheduling queen of this, of this group. Um, Sarah, do you want to give a little day in the life and, uh, or actually I think it was Chrissy next on the, the slide there. <clears throat> And you're on mute right now. Can you guys see my scope? Oh, not yet. I got to hit share. About now. Can you see that? Yeah. Okay. Just so that I stay on track. I kind of wrote out sort of what our daily rhythm looks like. I am an early riser recently, like I said, um, and I try to get my workout in in the morning because as good as my intentions are, if I leave it till the evening, it never seems to get done. So I wake up pretty early and go to a spin class. And then when I get home, it's just kind of more of a quiet time for me. Which isn't very long, but um, at that point, I'll kind of prep anything that needs to be prepped, whether it's for breakfast or an activity that we have planned that day. Um, and I want to highlight too that this is like an ideal day, obviously, and we try really hard to hold our plans loosely around here because with kids, I feel like um, it often doesn't look exactly like this or it's shifted a half an hour or whatever. Um, but we'll eat breakfast at seven and kind of have like a family morning meeting where we'll talk about the day. If we have any outings, we'll talk about what day it is, or I'll read a passage of scripture that kind of, um, changes from week to week, what we do, um, at about seven fifty or so we'll clean up breakfast and do our family blessing hour is what we have termed our, our family work. Um, and that also sort of rotates. There are things that are 
they do every time sort of the routine, like brush teeth, put away laundry, feed the animals. And then there are other things that we'll rotate in um, and talk about. I think I'm going to talk about that a little bit more later. Um, and then at 8.30 or before dad goes to work, we'll do like a family worship or family devotional. Um, and then dad goes to work at nine. And that's kind of when I do our official story time, like start the day as far as more like structure. Um, where we just read at that time, it's more geared for the little kids too. Like my little eight, 16 month old and two and a half year old will read a lot of picture books during that time. Um, and around 9.45 or so we go out, try to go outside if the weather's nice and it's not too smoky. Um, and one of the other things I do is uh, at around 11, they all come inside and we do like an independent playtime where all the kids play in their room um, with various toys and, and um, maybe a snack and just kind of play quietly. Um, and then we do lunch and then I do hit another story time before we do nap. Um, and that's when I tend to do more like chaptery books if, if everyone's feeling it. Um, and then we do naps and rest, which is more of my downtime, I feel like. Um, that's when I try and sit and read mostly or not clean the house um, so that I can kind of fuel up a little bit. After that, uh, we do more outside or prep dinner until we eat dinner at about five o'clock. Uh, and then we clean up and sort of hit the bedtime routine around 6.45 and try and have the kids in bed at 7.30. Um, so I, the only thing, reason I have the two sections highlighted is those are kind of like our flex times. We try to build in like flexibility. If we have an appointment or we have a play date or we have, I wanna work on a habit or something like that, they kind of, I try and schedule them in those two blocks because they're the most um, flexible and it's easier for me to get like one-on-one -on -one time with the kids, so. Yeah, that's kind of what our general day looks like. Awesome. And um, so Chrissy has four kids, five and under. So she's very much in the early season and stages of life with all her children. They're pretty close in age. So I just want to share that for context of. That. Yes, yeah. So no formal lessons, but I feel like I try and gear, you know, looking that way. Eventually they're going to need to sit and listen to read or whatever. But yeah building towards those things. Awesome. Sarah, you want to share? Hi, I'm Sarah. I'm going to share from my screen. Okay, let's see. Uh, hold on. Share. Okay. Can y'all see? Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm not going to put it in slide mode, but uh, is that is that better? Yeah. Okay. So I this is just a rough schedule, but um, my goal is not to do it all, and I can't do it all. But it's just no nice to have these um, things kind of fixed into the day, so that if I want to go back to remembering what I I do I want to do, then I can glance at this. But I'm learning this year that um, sometimes less is more. So I always joke addition by subtraction. But we start our morning off with. Um, the kids coming out, they also help put some things away, like the utensils from our dishwasher, um, getting breakfast out on the table. Last year we did have help, but this year we don't have any help. And I, it was kind of by design in the sense that I really want my kids to be able to rise up into being a little bit more independent and being contributors in our household. Um, and so we, we start off with our morning time with his, which is breakfast. And since they're eating, I, that's when I open the Bible and we have that, that time to talk about what we're going to do in the daytime as well. And um, 
I put some images down, um, just kind of give you a glance of what, just quickly what we, what we have. So I've like the schedule that kind of puts pillars into our day of what we might be having that day. Um, and uh, this Melissa and Doug calendar is really helpful just kind of to brief my kids on what's coming before them. Um, so that's on the lower right there, but I'll go back to kind of our rough schedule. So we have our, our lessons here um, and the time there's like how much we devote to it for my eldest who's seven years old. And then the afternoon I try to leave open for my nap and my younger two nap, I have a seven month old and a four year old. And, and then my oldest two, eldest two, they have quiet time for about an hour and a half. Um, and then I try to get them outdoors or now that we're finding after our school lessons in the morning, we try to get outdoors um, right after school, which is like around 11. And we have lunch outside sometimes. Um, and um, by the end of quiet time, which is at around 3.30, then we get dinner prepped together. Sometimes it's just me. Um, sometimes it's with the kids. And then after dinner, we go for a family walk and we clean up. Um, they wipe the table, the, the, the four-year-old sweeps and the two-year-old pushes the chairs in and we pretend it's a choo-choo train. So that's always fun for him. And then my seven month old is just kind of being rotated throughout the siblings. Um, my seven year old can like physically carry her. And then the four year old just pushes cars back and forth and talks to her. And they like having like child development books that are have pictures on them so they can kind of see what she is like, what's age appropriate. It's really funny that they gravitate towards that because it's like my accountability to see what she might be up to at certain stages and phases in her life. So that's, and then we have our baths and, and then sleep is at around, we try to get to, to the bedrooms at around eight o'clock and then they have story time and prayer time and devotionals. So that's my life. And Steph, we're going to go through our, our other slides later into the morning. Yeah, I think as we're doing kind of Q&A and, okay. and some of the specific challenges. So, and just to like kind of point out a couple of things there, if you can bring yours up. So, yeah. so on a typical day, you're spending about two hours, 25 minutes on kind of formal lesson time. Right. And then it, it varies by like 10 minutes or 15 minutes. And I try not to go over like the 20 minute threshold because her brain gets exhausted and I don't want her to get to the point of just being like, I'm so tired. I don't want to do this. Um, so just quick. And if we don't get to it, it's, it's okay. It's not the end of the world. Um, like the way I look at it is if they get a if she gets a taste of a certain subject at seven, then I'm setting the stage for next year when we might be able to go more in depth into a certain thing, but it's not like make or make or break if we can't get to everything. Um, and then I keep my, uh, what I would aspire to do at the top of the afternoon lesson. So like breakfast, prayer, breathing, just like taking deep breaths making sure I get my vitamins. Um, a hack for me, which we'll probably talk about as a collective of moms this morning is um, how do we get accountability if we need to exercise? And for me, it's been having a friend who um, does yoga with me. She's Indian and she has a teacher in India. And the class for one class is like the same price as I get a month of classes for one price of a a month of classes for the price of one Bay Area yoga class. So I just like finding other ways to do things and accountability and at a cheaper cost. Um, and then how do you get mother culture? Like I'm still con still trying to work on that. Like how do I make sure I can read my books? It's hard, but it's something I aspire to. Awesome. Yeah. 
Awesome. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So I'll stop sharing. All right. Um, so for, for me, um, my kind of unique factor is that I work part-time and also homeschool. So I have four kids. My oldest Maddie is, is the main one that has been in formal lessons. Uh, she just finished second grade in June coming into the fall. My second will be in first grade. Um, we really don't do formal kindergarten. So that's why I say, you know, Maddie's been the one in formal lessons. Um, so on a, on a week to week basis, I work typically three days a week, Monday through Wednesday. Um, so I'm going to walk you through like a, a day in the life where I'm working. So um, typically I'm up at 6.15 in the morning. Um, at that point, I'll either go for a walk or do like a 25 minute workout of some sort. Um, just like, right, I'll roll out of bed and like my yoga mats there. <laughs> I just do that really quietly in my bedroom because if I walk down the stairs, all my kids will wake up. Um, <laughs> so um, after that, usually about, you know, 645, seven o'clock, I go and just get myself ready for the day. And then usually by about 730, eight o'clock, the kids are rising. Um, at that point, between my husband and I, we, you know, we, we actually have particular days where we know like, okay, we're on for breakfast or he's on for breakfast. And so one of us will get the kids breakfast and get them going with that. Um, one of the things we've been working on is with our oldest, she's now capable of doing simple things like, you know, making scrambled eggs um, and stuff like that. So just trying to give more independence as we can so they can help themselves. Um, so I'll make like a big cup of tea, um, grab my morning vitamins and get like, try and get at least 20 ounces of water in myself to start the day, if not more. Um, and then at about 9.05, our, our nanny arrives and um, she takes over with the kids and I head up to our home office to start my work day. Um, so I work from nine to two. And uh, if, you know, if my day's not super full, I'll try and get a little lunch in during that time. But sometimes I'm not eating till two o'clock if it's super busy. And I just make sure I have, um, like a bigger, bigger breakfast or more than just my, my tea, if I do that. <laughs> um, and then, uh, so at two, when my nanny leaves by that time, in theory, my third born is down for a nap. He's three years old. Um, although it seems he might be transitioning out of nap. So we're up for a change, but, um, but in this case, we'll say he's down for a nap. And sometimes uh, the, the one-year-old will also be down for a nap. So in this scenario, I'm going to pretend they're both down for naps. <laughs> um, and so then we do our formal lesson time. And so at that point, we, with my two olders, we typically start with, um, we do like a hymn that we're learning every month. So we'll start with that and maybe a little prayer time. Um, we might have a passage of scripture that we've been reading or learning. So we kind of start with that for about 10 minutes. And then we'll typically go into math afterwards, just because we like to get it done. Um, so we do math for about 20 minutes. And my six-year-old loves to participate if there's a game. So if it's a math game that he can play, he loves to play. Or sometimes I will be doing a lesson with my uh, eight-year-old and he's kind of, I'll try and give him something else to do, or he'll go into the backyard. 
Um, and so we continue through our lessons. A lot of our lessons are like, uh, other than math, are focused around a, a really good book that we're reading. Um, and so we'll do that and we'll, we'll narrate in creative ways. Sometimes we'll, we do a lot of, audio, you know, just tell, tell back narration, but also um, we do some picture narration. And then um, at, the, at the end of that time, it's usually about 4.30 when we've gotten through lessons just with interruptions and things like that. So we've got a few minutes break and then depending on who is on the schedule for dinner, myself or my husband, um, if, if he's on the schedule at that point, I'll try and get the kids out again. And so um, usually they go out with a nanny. Almost every day our nanny takes them to a park or um, just out in the neighborhood or the library or something of that nature. Um, uh, but if, you know, so at 4.30, if, if Ben's making dinner, then I will take the kids up to like the middle school with their bikes just to run them around a little bit more, um, which is just a couple blocks from our home. And, um, and then we come home, we usually sit down to dinner at about six o'clock. When we wrap that up, kids get ready for bed, take baths. We do 20 minutes of zone cleaning and each kid has a zone that they're assigned to in the home. Um, as well as their individual responsibilities. Um, and then once that's done, we either do one of three things. We'll do like a, like a family devotional time. We'll do a read aloud uh, or we'll do a cartoon before bed. <laughs> um, so then prayers in bed, they're usually in bed between eight and 8.30. And then, um, then Ben and I spend some time together before heading to bed at like 10, 10.30. Um, or we, you know, sometimes I have a little work to get done. Sometimes we just do a little more cleaning around the house or prep for dinner the next day or whatever else. But that is kind of our, our day in the life. So um, the other thing I wanted to share, uh, just pulling up some of the slides we prepped again, uh, let me just, uh, is that about six weeks ago, my daughter who is um, eight, sorry, six weeks into the end of the school year, she, she decided that she didn't want to go out with the nanny um, she, that, you know, as an eight year old, there are no kids at the park that are her age. And um, so she didn't want to go with little brothers and little sister out there. And so we'll, we'll talk more about this later, but I wanted to share this, um, which is something that, you know, at, at first when this happened, I got really nervous, like, oh my gosh, how am I going to handle this? Like, how can, can she stay home? you know, on her own. Um, and I, I felt like initially really um, kind of anxious about the thought that she didn't want to go to the park and what could I offer her. Um, but then my husband and I talked about it and we thought, well, maybe this is a good opportunity to give her some more control and more autonomy. And so what I started doing was these checklists for the more her independent work, which was what she did in the morning. And she was at the point where I could give her something like, like, she, for copy work, for instance, I wouldn't necessarily let a child that is just learning their letters and how to form them do that alone without my, you know, overseeing them. But at that age, you know, it's more about her practicing and doing excellent. I know she knows how to form the letters. So I was able to give her that. I was able to do some math worksheets that um, she was, you know, already had the concepts and it was just more practice. Um, she, uh, actually Amber, Amber's daughter and her read together, um, read aloud to each other on FaceTime a couple times a week. Um, and then there could be other things like, like a picture narration that she could do on her own, practicing the piano she can do on her own. And then, um, my mom is, uh, does Norwegian lessons with her. 
twice a week. And so that's something that happens on FaceTime as well. So these were just, you know, this is an example and she just kind of worked through her checklist. And I think, you know, it was surprising to me. I, I thought, okay, we'll try this for a couple of weeks and see how she does, you know, but six weeks in, like she was still really consistent with it. And I think sometimes we, um, you know, we, we discount that our kids are able to do things independently and on their own. So I just wanted to share that as kind of part of our daily rhythm. So awesome. Well, thanks everybody for sharing. We wanna just uh, transition now to, um, I wanted to just look at the survey results and um, share. So you guys, cause I don't know if everyone else has seen this, um, but here's kind of where we landed with the survey results. Um, and, you know, it was interesting to me to, to look at this because um, I wondered, for instance, uh, things like managing energy levels, getting a couple of votes. And I thought, I bet that's one that we all struggle with, but we, we don't actually think about maybe getting help with. It was just an interesting insight for me. Like, you know, we kind of highlighted the things that, um, probably feel the most pain about. And then we discount things like self-care and stuff like that, that we're just like, oh, well, I'll get to that if I can. I don't know if that's true, uh, but it's true for me. I don't know if it's true for other people, but um, I thought that was kind of an interesting insight. But one of the things we wanna do is we wanna make sure we're tailoring what we share um, for the remainder of this time to, to this group. And so, um, with each of these areas, we wanna give you an opportunity just to share a very specific challenge. And then we can workshop from there based on who you know, has some good answers and ideas for that. So um, starting from the top or really anywhere, um, if you've got a challenge, it's a very specific challenge out of this area, we'd love for you to just share. And, um, and then we'll go from there to just um, help one another with, with some ideas or hacks or things that we can, we can do differently. Hi there. I have a I have a challenge here with uh, my daughter. Uh, let me see if I can put the video. Um, and I think I uh, mentioned it when uh, Jan was giving the class too. Um, there's a kiddo. Uh, he's a very cute one, uh, cutie pie. Um, and he's so <coughs> friendly towards Savannah. Hey, Savannah and. And she just does not respond. She just, just go like that and she does not talk to him. And I, I feel embarrassed with her parents because with his parents, because sometimes they're next to him. Like for instance, yesterday I dropped her to school and I hear this sweet voice far away like, hey, Savannah. And she saw him and she's just like, and I'm like, and I saw the mom and I'm like, I mean, I, I just don't know what to do. Like I, for me, it's like, I, and I tried to like, hey, you know what? We talked to her before and like, hey, you know what? Jesus made him, you know, he's a creation of God and everybody's faces are different. Um, and we tried to talk her into that, but it's just like, oh my God, as a parent, I feel, I don't know if I, I'm responsible for that. Or, uh, I try to uh, teach him as much as I can and um, teach her as much as I can to, to be respectful of others or at least say hi, to be kind. 
but mm-hmm. it's just not not happening you know like, i just don't know what to do i have to apologize to the parents because i'm like i am so sorry i don't know what to do like i done my best so far so hopefully we can find an answer for this <laughs> yeah thank you for sharing sonia so it sounds like uh, I kind of just repeat back. So there's a, a boy at school who is very eager about saying hello and being very kind to your daughter. And you, you're a little bit um, uh, not happy with her behavior in response to him. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I don't get mad at her either, but I'm like, oh, you feel so embarrassed. I'm like, I don't even, I don't even know what to feel. <laughs> like, I'm like, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a good one to start with. So who, who has something they want to share Jay, or just around um, like helping, helping kids develop good habits of relating to other children and just other people in general? I watched something really interesting yesterday. It's these sisters, they're speech pathologists named Sikh sisters, something like that. And um, they, they talk about modeling it, but it's one thing to model it, you know, with your spouse. But what she does is she takes out these toys, like dolls or little play figurines, and she has conversations between them. And I, I like that it sort of removes the attention on the child or yourself, but it puts it into the eyes of a, of a play figurine because these little things can be fun for them and have a com- you can have a conversation with it. Um, and then it, it's such a great way for... The child to practice in a in a a non-threatening way and so i did that yesterday just practicing like greetings hi and goodbye and yes it's one thing to say to try to do that in front of your children but when you have little toys it's kind of fun for them as well and so i i tried it with my my son's last night and i don't know if it's going to work but i'm just going to keep on trying that and and have fun with it for now and I, i remember talking to jan as well saying that just so many times we want our kids to, to do certain things that we want them to do, but you have to realize that it's, it's, it's kind of a lot to ask for them to, to be a certain way that we want them to be. And so she just said to, to kind of trust, trust the system. <laughs> if we continue to have faith and keep modeling that in some way or shape or form that at, at some point when they're ready, it'll, it'll, it'll happen. And just staying, staying the path in course. But um, I love the idea of just using fun things that they already interact with. And I think that kind of emphasizes the point of how play is so important. And people see sometimes that play is a waste of time, but it's how children work out things in their brain, how they can see how other children play and interact with each other. But I mean, I, I felt I've been in your shoes too. So I know that it, it can be a little bit stressful. And I can send you like the video of how they, how these parents, this mom does it with her child. Yeah. Could you put that in the chat, Sarah, if it's easy or if, if it's not easy and you'd have to dig it up, you could do an email to everyone with that. Awesome. I think one of the things that, you know, all of us have found is, is having a community and support. It's so great to get these ideas and help. Um, anyone else want to share any thoughts with uh, Sonia's challenge? Um, Well, Sonia, to to clarify for your challenge, is it um, you would like her to be able to say hello to him more or would you like her to make friends with him? You know what? Just at this point to start, I would just like her to respond hi. That's all. I mean, she's very friendly with other kids, but it's just that kid. Mm -hmm. Sometimes she mentions, oh, he's so loud. 
or maybe his voice is so loud for her, but it's it just that kid. I do not know what's going on. It's just that kid. But at least just to say, because I am very, I think I'm polite. Like, hey, hi, how are you guys? Like, okay, we need to leave. Bye, guys. Some, I think like on the modeling part, we're like 90 something percent good. Uh, but um, it's just that, that kid that I don't know what's going on in her mind. But yeah. How often do you see that child? I'm sorry if I missed that. Uh, well, she used to see it in the park, see him in the park. And it was chaotic for his mom because she, he would follow her. Hey, Savannah. Uh, he just wanted to play with her. And at one point it was like, honestly, he was like, Savannah, I want to stay with Savannah. And the mom goes, naming him the kid. Like, no, 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 it's okay. He was just all about it. Like, no, like I, I want to stay with her. And from there, I never saw him in the park anymore. And I'm like, oh my God. So I don't know if it was so stressful for the mom and him to be there around her. Uh, yeah, I and then I saw her in school. Now they're seeing each other every day in school. And she, I guess she just avoid him from now. So at least just to say hi and just move on. I don't, yeah. I guess one thought that comes to, oh, uh, oh go ahead. I was gonna say one thought that comes to mind is maybe to, to emphasize, I mean, to emphasize with him kind of what must he be going through if she treats him like that? How would you like it if someone treated you that way? And um, yeah, just, just an initial thought. Yeah, I think one, one other thing I would, I'll share just, um, and then we can, we can kind of jump to the next one, but uh, I have a, a child that is much more introverted and more of an observer, um, very slow to warm up to new people. And, uh, you know, one of the things that's been helpful for me is to just, uh, you know, not, not own, like I hear in your voice, Sonia, you're kind of like owning this, you're like, oh, I'm embarrassed. I feel like I need to apologize to the parents. And I would just let that go. I just encourage you to let that go and not um, in honoring the personhood of your child, you know, just honoring that God's got his, you know, his process with your daughter and, you know, you can encourage that and you can support that through play and through practice. Um, but don't let it burden you. Because ultimately, you know, that I think that we can sometimes as parents, we take on this, um, this weightiness for our children's behavior. And um, I, I think that that can, it can be a double-edged sword. In some ways, you know, when we see a behavior, I, I think the best way to respond to it is, oh, like, okay, that's something I can work on, right, with my child. But ultimately to own the results, you, you really have to separate yourself <laughs> from them and, and go, you know, I, I cannot force someone to do what I desire them to do, but I can help and support them. Um, you know, another thing like, like with my, my son, who's, who's much more uh, reserved that a, an, an older mentor friend of mine shared once was that sometimes something that's so easy for us is very difficult for someone else. So like eye contact, eye contact is really easy for me to give to someone, but it may not be for my son right? It may just be too intense for him. It may just overwhelm him, right? Where I go, how could that be overwhelming? And so 
Um, so to think about, uh, it's, and it sounds like maybe that's not the case with your daughter because she, she can be very warm and friendly with others. But just to think about, you know, sometimes we notice behaviors in our children and because it's easy for us, we think it should be easy for them. And, um, you know, she was even saying maybe one idea you could give uh, is, is like, maybe don't look someone directly in the eyes because that's pretty intense, but look at their cheek or their chin or their nose. So it looks like you're giving eye contact but you're not, right? So it's, it's it, you know, I mean, there's something about eye contact that's socially acceptable. So you want to move children towards that, but if it's too much for them at a certain point, could you give them some ways to do that that are a little bit more peaceful? Like maybe it's even just a nod, right? If he, maybe she doesn't even say hi or smile, but it's just like a nod or an acknowledgement and that's a step in the direction you want to bring her. So anyway. Thank you. Cool. So what about the routine challenge? Um, anybody have a specific routine challenge you want to workshop? Well, okay. Um, well, ladies, I have one that I'm, I'm going to be a little vulnerable by showing you my space. So I have one child and um, I'm going to, I'm going to show you guys downstairs real quick. Okay. It's a little loud because Amelia's in Chinese school, but, um, oh, I can't show you on the other side. Oh, here. Okay, now, none of you ladies have seen my home, I don't believe. Okay, so we have one little space right here. It's made of a bookcase. <clears throat> you see her little dolls. Okay, I know that's a no-no. Okay, little corner, a kitchen. She has another space right here. And um, underneath all this, we had a little party with the neighbors. Um, and then she has, all this space right here, I'll show off her artwork just for a little bit. Oh, mama. And then she has a little shed outside. And this is all for one child. So I know, I know something's not working. I think Jan mentioned putting stuff in the garage and taking it out. Um, so my challenge is she entertains herself a lot. So in a way, it's kind of nice to have it all there because then she could choose what she wants to play with. But any thoughts about organizing? I know she doesn't need all that space. Awesome. We have lots of thoughts on that. <laughs> all right. Um, thank you for sharing, Amber. So uh, Chrissy, do you want to like start us off in this one? I feel like you've got some really good hacks for that. And then maybe um, Pauline and Sarah too. Yeah. Uh, Amber, is it all um, like toys to play with or is it like books or is it just like a conglomerate of everything? conglomerate two of the black bookcases are mainly her homeschool books and she also has her own room and that one's very sparse it's like a bed yeah um I mean I feel like I got pretty intense and pretty serious after a workshop or a, a meeting with Jan one time mm -hmm. um and the first thing I did was I took the toys like and put them in a place where they weren't accessible which sounds, I feel like in some ways kind of mean, They're like, what do you mean you take your toys away from your kids? But uh, they do have, these are in my, like our playroom slash husband's office. So the mm -hmm. kids don't even really have access to them mm -hmm. unless um, they ask or like we're doing a playtime, then they know they can go one box. Mm -hmm. um, and so this is for like all the little toys and stuff that we do at home. Um, but I do also, let's see on the right, are like some of the bigger stuff I do put away and we'll like, we don't have a garage. So we put it in other storage areas, but 
we put a lot of our toys away and I'll pull out like two or three bigger ticket type items. And then usually only at this point in our life, I really only let them have one bucket out at a time. Uh, And the other thing I used to get really irritated with all the little pieces that are everywhere, but I have trained them to dump their loads onto like a spread out blanket on the floor. Um, And then we just clean it up that way because it does get very overwhelming with like all the tiny little Legos for all the boys and stuff. Mm -hmm. But I don't know, for me, the biggest thing was putting stuff away out of uh, their, like, you know, limiting what they have access to. Um, And books and school stuff, I mean, we have a separate like bookshelf. I I have a hard time with books because I keep all the books, Uh, but we have one bookshelf generally for all of it. And then one thing for toys. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, that would be my thing, I I guess, is limiting what they have access to and the, before they can get something else out, they, we do clean up whatever box they pulled out prior. Um, and it's the same with like our board games. I mean, my kids are also so young. I know Amelia's eight, um, but they do have to ask me, uh, my older one is a little more responsible. Like I trust him to go in and he knows the routine a little bit better, but, um, he still needs some watchful eyes from mom I feel like so I don't know I'm sure there's lots of other ideas but that was my big takeaway from Jan at one point thanks so implementing it how does it feel did it take a lot of your energy or do you actually have more capacity like to actually like organize everything or yeah and to monitor the taking in and and putting that for me it's worth it I mean the initial you know, energy of putting things in a bin and separating them and like labeling them is pretty, I felt like it was pretty minimal, but um, I mean, yeah, they do come and bug me more, you know, I mean, my kids play independently really well, but you know, there are, there are more interruptions if they want something specific that is not out. So that is a trade-off. Um, but at the same time, it saves me time. I feel like then from later having to try and, you know, clean up everything because everything was pulled out all at one time, if that makes sense. Um, but yeah, I, I, less is more. (laughs) I feel like I've learned over the last few years with our kiddos. I don't know if that's helpful, but if other people might have systems that work too for them. Thanks. Pauline, you want to share some of your systems? Yeah, sure. So I do something similar to, um, to Chrissy where we have very few things out and, um, so um, if one of you ladies can share the screen for me because I'm on my phone um, yeah. on the slide. So um, what Chloe and I decided was that we wanted to make a home for everything. So you can do the slide. Yeah, exactly. So in our living room, we um, actually um, look for bins that we liked um, that fit in our space because um, we wanted our home to look a certain way, like what, what is beautiful to us and um, what, we, what we want to designate as home for, for the toys. So initially there was a lot of front work to, um, to, get, up, to get the bins um, and decide where everything should go. So these are, so what I have out is actually very minimal. Um, those are the things that um, my children play with, um, can spend more time playing with those toys and other toys that they don't spend as much time playing, they actually are, are tucked away and also in bins, but they're, they're just the, the, the plastic clear bins inside their closet. 
and they will ask for permission before pulling um, before pulling those out. But uh, what we decided was that you know the things that they play with would go inside the bins, and then the books actually also uh, most books would go into into um, their closet, and we rotate out the books. And in this picture, I don't know if you can see, but I have I also have bins on the floor. Um, and one bin will be for um, library books, and then the other bins will be the, bo the books that we own that we rotate out. Awesome. So that's kind of how we organize. Pauline, your house looks so zen. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Pauline, you're coming over, okay? One of, one of the days. Yeah. Well, and I just to reflect on something you shared, Pauline, I love that you included Chloe in that process, you know, like what looks beautiful to, to us? How do we want our home to look? And I wonder, you know, Amber, you mentioned that right now Amelia's room is pretty minimal. I wonder if that could be a project that you tackle, um, that like you use that space to go, okay, how can we actually create some systems in her room, maybe utilize that space better because it looks like right now it's kind of in the main a main living area of the home. So maybe it's a project that you guys tackle together and you know go to like TJ Maxx or Home Goods and pick out the baskets or the bins together that you want to use to organize things. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, I really like um what you said Pauline about about um aesthetics and prioritizing that and because the more pretty it is, the more we'll feel motivated to keep it that way. Thanks, ladies. Awesome. All right, let's do um, one more quick challenge, and then we're actually going to give you an opportunity to take 15 minutes and and uh, do something with that. Um, that's that's kind of helping you meet your goals, whether that's like reorganizing a junk drawer or going for a walk. Um, or doing a, you know, a little, little workout, um, or maybe even just taking a prayer time or quiet time. We want to give you that opportunity. Your, your kids are covered. You, you set aside these two hours. So let's take that moment. So um, let's do one more challenge um, for this one. So that was kind of a, I feel like an organization one. Let's do, um, just kind of looking back at our screen. Does anybody have a challenge around um, like meals or yeah, let's anyone anyone with a meals challenge. All right, maybe something around managing energy levels. Um, actually, um, going back to the meal challenge, yeah. I, I do like I feel like um, prepping for meals, especially dinner time, can take a long time. Mm -hmm. And coming up with um, ideas for like fast meals um, that are good and nutritious for the family. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, like finding efficient way of doing that, like prepping meal, cleaning up, and just fast, easy meals that are good and delicious, nutritious. <laughs> I was just thinking of my quick hacks from Costco because I'll cook the pasta, they make the sauce, but then I'll just throw in a bunch of fresh ingredients of like if it's, you know, spaghetti sauce, then I'm throwing in mushrooms, bell peppers. Um, with Alfredo, I'll throw in broccoli. 
and the rotisserie chicken and shred that up. Um, so it's like adding in fresh ingredients and easy for us. Mm -hmm. Or like the udon noodle bowls, right? It's like throwing in spinach, you know, other things like their ready-made meatballs or something. So kind of starting with some already half and then you just add some customization. It's a great yes, idea. Yes, that's like fresh spinach, you know, they have those boxes or you can get the frozen broccoli so you don't have to chop up anything or wash anything. Pauline, I'd love you to share your, um, your meal hacks because you've got another good one for that. <laughs> so Fun, you might have seen this already, um, but um, this is how I do my meals. And um, I know I shared my beef stew recipe with you <laughs> and I can share that with um, the rest of the group as well. Um, so this is um, my meal plan that I've been using. And basically um, it's, it's a list of recipes that I'm familiar with and um, that my children enjoy. Um, and I update this list about once a month. And um, basically, um, I have the recipes handy so I can pull them up really easily on my phone. And then I have these tabs. They're basically bookmarks um, or sticky tabs. I don't know what you call them, but um, I just, you know, basically put the name, um, the label it with, with the days of the week. And then I just, um, I, I, I rotate. <laughs> I um, rotate it for the week. And um, you can see that there, um, some, some of them are, most of them have two labels on them is because I worked it out so that I only cook three meals um, a week. And then I have leftovers, which I will eat um, on the other days. So for example, Asian lettuce wrap, I will make on Sunday, and then I will eat it also on Monday. Um, beef stew on Thursday. And then I have dinner with my mom. So, um, I'm blessed to have my mom come on Fridays to spend time with us. And she, she likes to cook for us. So on Fridays, I don't have to cook. She will cook for us. And then Saturday, I will eat the leftover for that. And then um, I can also share with you the process of how I make time for, for um, cooking and prepping. And Stephanie can share the other slide. Which it is, is with, the, with the blackboard. Oh, this right here? Yes. So on okay. the right side is just a brief um, outline of, um, of some things um, for the week. So for example, I have um, on the calendar, you can see that on Sunday, Tuesday, and on Thursdays, those are the days that I cook. And um, so the days that I, so those are the days that I cook. And then um, you can see the days that I have left over. Um, so for example, I'll, I'll give you, I'll walk you through how things work. So basically I do my meal plan on Friday. So, um, that's the day when my mom, um, will come over and she will cook. So when I do my meal plan, I don't have to, um, also cook. So that's the time that I have for our, our family, um, our family work time, for example, is where part of it is that we're going to do meal plan together. And then, um, with the meal plan, then on Saturday, I'm going to go grocery shopping. And the day that I go grocery shopping, I will also do the food prep. So anything that I bring back home um, that needs to be washed. So the berries need to be washed and dried and put away. And then um, since I already done my meal plan, 
I know what ingredients I need to chop up. So that's, that's also will be the day where I'm going to have everything out and I'm going to chop everything. So um, I, I don't chop things in advance for salad, for example, um, that will, that gets made um, on that day. And then I've trained Chloe um, to make it and, and look to assist <laughs> in some way. Um, but um, I found that to be really helpful because then on Saturday, everything has been prepped. So then when I cook on Sunday, I just kind of take out my Tupperwares of my ingredients. And then I kind of just, you know, with, with help of, of, of Luke, um, kind of take it out and, and dump it into, into the pot, instant pot or something. And then Chloe B will be on a side making the salad. And so that has been really um, helpful in, in corralling, um the kids and also making time for cooking um, this way. And can you tell us a little bit about what's on the left, Pauline, because I'm sure we're all curious. Is that kind of your daily schedule for the kids? Oh, right. So this is, um, this is a board that I have up um, that's visible to, um, to the kids so they can see what to expect. Um, me also has the same thing. And um, she, she was the one that inspired me to, um, to create a board like this. Um, and so this kind of, this is where it's, we're in transition to um, formal homeschooling. So this kind of incorporates both. Um, so basically it has, um, you know, the, the time for, for each activity. And then um, on the, so on the, on the left side, those are the categories of uh, what we do. And on the right side, those are the specifics. And those are the things that actually will rotate. Like for example, um, for example, like morning lessons, it could be, you know, instead of instead of um, her instead of phonics later on, I'll be rotating maybe math, um, for example. And then, um, are those all little magnets? Oh yes, they are the little magnets, and I kind of have them kind of stacked on top of each other so that I could easily um, pull them out and then pull them off and and rotate and put in put in the right ones for the day. Super cool. And Chloe helped help with some of those. So she she colored it, and some of them she decided to. One of them she made. <laughs> Say, mommy, we're we're missing we're missing um, a a reading time um, during family time. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Super cool. Thank what you. else do for like recipe inspiration? I have a friend who. Um, for her family, it just was really helpful for them to do basically all meal prep on the weekend. Um, she, she also works part-time in homeschools. And that was just like, for them, it wasn't super high priority to be eating a lot of variety during the week. So she'd do, especially all the protein prep on the weekend, you know, like lamb kebabs and salmon and whatever. And then they'd just pull it out and, and add to it um, very simply. And that was how they handled meal prep. So doing a lot on the weekend. But I love the idea of making leftovers, enough leftovers to just only have to do that one time or, or like, like every other day. I think that's a really good idea. <laughs> I have a question for Pauline of um, what if you don't have enough leftovers when you were planning to eat leftovers? Yes, that happens to us. So um, on the day that we have leftovers, um, we will still have some, um, we still have fresh veggies. So Chloe will, will still make a fresh veggie, but if we don't have enough, then um, we actually 
sometimes we'll, we'll substitute something that we have in the freezer, like um, frozen meatballs from Trader Joe's. <laughs> we'll pull it out and microwave it with like barbecue sauce. So sometimes that will happen to amend, um, you know, sometimes we might have not saved enough for leftover. We have a little bit, maybe for half the family, but <laughs> we might need to augment it and add something else. So, so something like that. <laughs> That we do. <laughs> awesome. Okay, well, um, we're going to take a, a little break now. Um, but with this break, we're giving you an assignment. So you've got till 1025, 15 minutes. And we just want to give you an opportunity to use the time to go and work on one of your priority routines. So this could be you know, organization, tackle an area you think it can tackle in 15 minutes, take a before and after photo to share with the group. Um, this could be going out to exercise or going somewhere to exercise. Um, this could be, you know, passage of scripture that you want to meditate on or something like that. So just take the time um, and then come on back at 1025 and be ready to share. So. Okay, as you're coming on, you can hold up your iPhone and just show us what did you do with your time. Let's see if you get, oh, of course it's not going to show. But <laughs> so, okay, it looks like, Sonia, did you spend time with your daughter? You're on mute. You guys can take yourself off mute. We draw together. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Who else wants to just, just jump in and tell us what you did? I have a headache, so I went to go lie down and listen to a meditation and a worship song. I love that. I'm massaging my neck, and I did stretches. <laughs> I went for a walk and I found this cool feather. <laughs> I um, came back from vacation on Sunday and um, I've had suitcases sitting out since then and they've just been right in front of me and I was so excited to put them away, so. Hey. <laughs> We're gonna head out soon. So I just put on some makeup and did some self-care. Looking good. <laughs> I folded a pile of laundry on my bed and then my family came and helped me. Awesome. <laughs> I went for a run and listened to a podcast I never finished. Nice. I'm with Diane. I rested and closed my eyes for a bit. Yay. Awesome. Well, we just want to take this time now. We, um, we thought it'd be helpful kind of going back to where we started with the three lenses or the different lenses that we each come from. We wanted to just share like top three ish hacks or kind of principles that we employ uh, as busy moms to, to just be able to, to manage life better. Um, so I want to pull up just as a reminder um, of where each of us is coming from and some of the unique things about our lives. Um, this one right here, just so we kind of have it in mind. Uh, but yeah, just kind of sharing top three and I can jump around to slides, um, moms, if you have ones that you wanna show and share. Um, so I'll, I guess uh, I will start since I'm 
I had this idea. <laughs> um, so being a part-time, you know, working part-time and homeschooling, I think the biggest part for me that, that I think about is kind of a top three is, is doing it with help. And so a lot of how I do things um, is, is rely on kind of a team of people. I mentioned that I have a nanny and she, she's with us 15 hours a week when I work. Um, the other thing that's uh, unique about um, kind of how, how I manage this is um, I do a lot with my husband. So we do a lot of kind of like sharing of responsibilities um, because you know he, he works and I work um, and that's just kind of the way uh, our, our life works. So every week we, um, we sit down, I'm just looking for a picture here. We do this big calendar for the week and we write, you know, what big commitments we have here. Um, and we put our kind of big to do's. Usually we write prayer and grateful. This was kind of a sparse week. Um, and then our menu and, you know, we'll put a B or an S depending on who's cooking. Um, and then we also have a shared grocery list that um, both a shared grocery list and a shared dinner list. So this is our dinner one um, that we do through Microsoft to do, which is an app on our phone. So we'll sit down usually, usually on Saturdays or Sundays is when we do our meal planning and we'll write everything out. Um, and then we'll, we'll fill out the weekly calendar. So I think doing it with help is, is a really big hack for me. Um, also, you know, thinking about who can you employ from your family to, to help you? So for me, when I um, initially started homeschooling, it was really helpful to think about, okay, I, I really wanted my, my kids to have a relationship with my parents who live in Seattle. Um, and we see them a couple times a year, but I wanted more than that. And so connecting around Norwegian lessons with my mom twice a week is a big part of that. And for me, it was like, if she learns to some Norwegian, great. If not, uh, then it's a great time to connect with Bestimore. And so I just kind of let that happen. And my mom and I will meet sometimes to talk about how it's going, or I can share some thoughts about like, here, here's some ideas to think about and how to make the lesson a little bit more effective and interactive. But ultimately for me, the win is just connection time with Bestimore, which is what we call my, my mom. Um, so that's a big one. And then, um, once a week, you can see here on Thursdays, my kids go over to their grandma's house that lives here and they do grandma school. So that's something that my, um, you know, my, my mother-in-law loves to do with the kids. And it's kind of like, you know, she just structures the time how she wants. She's working on different things with them and kind of keeping us in the loop. Um, but that's a big blessing having Jan as grandma and having that weekly time with her. Um, the other thing that I do is like my husband is, he plays piano. So he can teach my kids piano. So a couple times a week, he'll do piano lessons with them. Um, and then, you know, our nanny, we, I, I have her do a lot of the outings during the week um, because I'm, I'm just not able to do that by afternoon time because the little ones are napping. And so I really rely on kind of homeschooling with help. And um, that's kind of a, a top hack. And then I think the other thing is just giving myself grace to, um, you know, that things are going to change. So I wanted to share this other photo um, of how I schedule our lessons. So I just use this big, um, it's like a moleskin book. And um, this was how we started, right? This was September 14th through 18th. And you can see I have like character and habit written at the top. 
in terms of things I was just focusing on overall and then at morning and afternoon. So we do, we were at that point, we were doing a little bit more in the morning before I started work. And then we'd have afternoon lessons because my work schedule was a little bit different. I think I th didn't start until 10 a.m. And you can see, you know, I never checked off everything. <laughs> There's definitely checks that didn't happen. But for me, this is something I do every Sunday morning as I spend about 45 minutes to an hour just mapping out my week. But this is how it started. And this is how we actually ended. So this was like in March, getting towards the end of the year. And you can see that um, we, I started bucketing things less by day and more by what we were actually, you know, what we, you know, what kind of things like this was kind of our math activities. These were our reading activities for that week. Um, these were like our riches, uh, copy work, read aloud and other things that we were gonna do. So, um, so I think, you know, just giving yourself um, permission to change your change your methods, change what's working for you, and um, and and you know being okay with that. For me, it really worked because we just have such a short time for lessons instead of mapping out the days to just map out the week overall. Um, so those are kind of um, some of my top two, like recruiting help, um, and you know being being flexible, and then um, trying to think of anything else. I think also just like using tech. Um, sometimes I think we're, we're hesitant in the Charlotte Mason community. Sometimes I, I perceive that there's like a hesitancy to use tech, but tech can actually be used really well. So, um, for instance, like I, like I mentioned that Amelia and Maddie do weekly reading on FaceTime. And I feel like that's a really good use of tech. You know, it's, it's connecting with someone they're doing their read aloud to each other. I also use tech here for, um, like this is our, I just have a favorites um, iPhone album that is, I just called it like yearbook for 2020, 2021. And I just dropped in, oops, pictures. Oh, sorry, that's not my kids. <laughs> um, I dropped in pictures there of, you know, what I wanted to remember for the year thinking, okay, we could get this printed if I wanted to um, or not. There's Declan very sick at the dentist from the laughing gas, kind of hilarious. Um, and then uh, another good use of tech that I think is um, we have like for our curriculum, we do, uh, there's, let me see, let me find it. These links that will pull up pictures for our history lesson. So a lot of times when we're doing our history reading, we'll have the iPad there because there's almost always a picture that we can link over to and just share on the iPad. Um, so that's just another way that we, we use iPad during lessons. And um, another like really common use for us is audiobooks. So um, especially if kids are doing something like folding laundry or some kind of task like that, a lot of times we'll pull out the iPad and um, play an audiobook that we're working through together. So those are kind of my top three. Who would like to go next? I'll go because my child's stirring in the, her, from her nap, but um, I'll share my screen. Um, thanks, Steph. Steph, you, the, your ideas were really helpful just to think about like how we, how we do life too. Um, and I've learned a lot from you too. Um, so I don't know if I have three, but I'm just going to go quickly through the photos I have. So a couple of hacks is getting this, um, Ikea table since I have a two and a four year old in addition to the seven year old and just pulling that out while we're doing lessons. And that usually lasts for about, let me present. That usually lasts for about 30 minutes or less. Water seems like even if you just get a pot of water, 
and you stick them outdoors if you can see them and you get some measuring spoons and stuff. You've seen this all over the internet, but that's been helpful. Um, putting the, a baby or the younger child in between your older child while you're doing formal lessons kind of helps kind of quell some of their angst when you're doing the schooling. Um, a friend does white noise canceling headphones, so that might be something interesting to look into at, looking into at some point. Um, and then just trying to get outside and you can notice the smallest changes that happen in outdoors. And so sometimes if we can't go for a hike, we just walk around a neighborhood to notice what's happening outside. Um, we got this calendar from Etsy and it allows us to do the dry erase. And I like it because we were going through so much paper with the wall calendars, like from like Office Depot. And so we got this dry erase one. The downside is you can only look a month. You can only look at the current month. But if I need something to remember for the next month, I put it in notes. Um, and I sometimes put down our meals. You can't see it very well, but in the lower left. And for chores, we're trying this new thing where I put the task and once the child has completed it, they move the the um, the task to done. And so Ava does it. So this is the morning time and they slowly try to like work through what their tasks are for the day and move their clip. Um, the right picture is putting an inventory of what things we have around the house that the kids can play with while we're doing lessons. And I typed it up and then cut it out and I put it in like a Ziploc bag and I pull it out and the kids can the younger ones can pull one or two out so that they can work on that or do something that they wanted to do on that list, um, but just randomly pull it out to make it fun and they have ownership over the task. Um, enlisting help. Last year, one of my good friends from high school, um, she's an early education teacher. She, she, she teaches Hawaiiana and I want our kids to learn more about our culture. So she kind of came up with a schedule and I could fill it in with her about what my four-year-old son could do during the 30-minute or 45-minute Zoom session he he did with her once a week. This was just like for a few months. And then once in a while, we check in with her. But it was fun to like put in things that he was interested in and she would build a, like a lesson around it. Um, we don't do that now, but it was just like a nice framework for me to think about and how I want to, you know, build on my child's interests um, for the school year while I'm doing formal schooling with my oldest. And then this is my cart that I use for my lessons. And the, the hack this year is my label maker. So I would always be looking for a pencil, but I found if I labeled it, I would be able to find my pencils, which are always leaving the table or the, the, the cart. Um, and then I use the books that I used for that day at the top and then the math manipulatives on the bottom shelf. The middle picture is of the books we use. And I label the books that we use um, with a colored tape and each tape represents which day of the week we're using it for. Because for the Alvieri curriculum that we use, um, there's certain books for certain days. Uh, I have like a mother culture cube in the Calac shelf from Ikea. And then I, my daughter's notebooks. And then on the right is another cart, which is just like our office supplies. I mean, our artwork supplies, coloring notebooks, activity books. So that's been really helpful just to move it around um, the house if we need it. Um, that's a shot of like what lessons kind of look like. You can't hear the background noise, but sometimes there is occasional squawking. Um, the middle shelf is someone had asked to see like a nature shelf. And I was like, I'm going to get one of those cool printer shelves that they used back in the day that are antique and I'm going to stick things in it and I'm going to be picture perfect. But we just got a shelf and we just dump things on it. And sometimes the things leave. Sometimes the kids break it apart. 
and that's all a part of learning. Um, and I used to be a, a nature, like an early ed nature studies teacher for this program called Tinker Garden. And we would have things called bending, breaking, and blending. And it helped me realize that breaking is a part of a child's growth. Like that's how they figure out how things are made. So I'm just at peace with it. Um, we found a squirrel last week that was alive. It didn't stay on the shelf, but it's no longer with us. The right photo is, oh, sometimes we walk around our neighborhood and I, the kids might pull leaves some, and flowers. Sometimes they don't want to do it. So sometimes it becomes my project. And sometimes we have these best intentions for our kids and it becomes something that they don't want to do. But it's something that I, I like to do and my kids like to dry flowers. And then we press it onto a piece of paper that we divide into different into the months and it's a phenology wheel. Um, so that's one other thing I wanted to share for like, how do you get them interested in being a part of learning about beauty outside? This has been a neat um, way to display artwork that I, I found handy. It's um, this thing that clips your artwork in, it's magnetic. And the top left picture is, um, you know, when you have so much artwork, you don't know what to do, it, do with it. So I got like a, a hole puncher and it, they can pick which art piece they want to keep and which part of the painting they want to keep and they can hole punch it and then we can glue it onto a, and make a collage out of. So this is Nainoa's, my four-year-old's art that he wanted to remember and then you can say goodbye to the rest and take like a, visual, a digital memory of it if you don't want the rest of it. Um, Ava's artwork is on the top like during the afternoon and then some of my younger kids artwork too. Um, That's like a really wide hole puncher, yeah? Yes, it's a it's like this big on oh, Amazon. Cool. Just look for that hole puncher or big hole puncher. That's super um, cool. Just involving them in our work. Like if we make lemonade, we have like mint that's like weed. Just send them out and have them get like five sprigs of mint. My other child Milo likes to smash things with his rolling pin, so he's chopping our food. And then for um, I was thinking of Amber and how like how do you kind of cut down the amount of stuff that's in the house. It's hard. Um, we got these bags off of Amazon. We, we cut out what the front of the box looks like and we tape it onto a bag. And then you put all the stuff that fits inside into these bags so you don't have as many boxes. It's a little bit harder to see what, what is in that bag because you only see the side view of it. But I like storing things upright so that I can fit more in. Um, and then this is kind of our garage and how we divided the toys that we have. And they, when they're done with the toy, I say, if you want to bring something in, um, please take out that number of the things that you want to bring in, push the same number out into the garage and storage. So that's kind of how we divide it. Um, and then phonology wheel is like how we track temperature. These are the notebooks, some copy work. So you guys get a taste of, ladies get a taste of what schooling is like. Um, and then this is our play space. These bags with that hold the Legos are really helpful. You can find that if you look up Lego storage, it just, you swoop it up and it just allows you to keep all the Legos contained and not step on them. Or you can get those Lego slippers or any slippers so you don't hurt yourself. Um, <laughs> and then I like to keep art out sometimes so that if, if my daughter wants to look at it or draw something she's inspired by, then I just put it out on a shelf. Um, Tabs have been really helpful too, like tabbing and label making. So that's it. We like to get outdoors. I won't say any more. Thank you. Sarah, where, can you put a link to um, that table? If, if you- Oh, the Ikea one for the sensory bin? Yeah. 
Oh, sure. Yeah. And then um, the, the hole punch, if you think of it. Sure. Awesome. So Chrissy, you want to talk through kind of your top three? Sure. Um, let me, I guess before I share, I the one I don't have any pictures for, but kind of similarly to uh, what Steph was sharing a little bit is um, in terms of help. I mean, my kids are all very close together and we're not doing formal lessons yet, but I, I feel like we're in a very intense season. And um, uh, for me, leaning on my husband a lot, like finding ways that he can practically contribute that like just is small, but takes like a world of weight off of my shoulders. Um, and one of the ways we do that is through, um, we try to do, it doesn't happen every night, but at least a couple times a week um, of like a, a, almost like a technology type fast where we sit on the couch and um, we'll just check in with each other. And uh, I, We've, we've done it enough now where I feel like I have the, every husband is different and every relationship is different, but um, we figured out where it's, it's a safe spot for me to ask for help and um, specifically ask, you know, one of the things that he's taken over recently is like making the kids lunches um, before he goes to work, he takes care of that. And so I don't have to stop during my day, you know, uh, and try and like put lunch together or figure it out. Um, and so that's one really practical way that he's helped. Um, but also knowing what, I remember Jan saying this, like knowing what you need and asking for it. And so for me in this season of mothering and like future homeschooling, it really comes down to like we're a team and knowing what to ask for. Um, and like today I wasn't feeling well. So he, you know, I said, I just need to stay in bed and sleep in a little bit before our meeting and just things like that. Or if he notices that I'm having a hard night, um, he'll say, hey, why don't you like go for a walk outside for a few minutes and I'll just like hang out with the kids. And so I, we really, I really lean on him and count on him um, in this particular season. Uh, I can't think of anything else besides, oh, laundry. There's been seasons where I've asked him to like help more, um, you know, just starting a load of laundry before he goes to work. So I don't have to think about it um, and things like that. Uh, the other thing that I'm a really, really big reader and everyone I feel like um, some people love to read and some people don't, but I feel like that's a really big part of mother culture for me and how I get like filled up. And so I make time for reading, uh, pretty regularly. Um, it doesn't happen every single day, but I really try. And I'll even just use the little like egg timers for the kids for myself and, um, you know, put like 10 or 15 minutes on there of whatever book, I feel like reading at the time and that usually is enough to sort of refresh my mind and fill me up and so maybe it's not reading for you necessarily maybe it is going for a walk or something like that but really trying hard if it's nap time or another few moments instead of cleaning and doing all the things like sitting down and doing something that fills you up I feel like has been um, very important for me in this season and the last thing I'll share is just going back to oh wait a minute Hold on a second. Let me see if I can get. Uh, oh, I don't think I have it up anymore. Steph, would you mind sharing the slides? There's a slides um, photo of like, like more of our zoomed out weekly commitments and monthly routines under my planning. So when yeah. I think about planning like a day, when I showed that day in the life for me, I before I get there, I feel like I zoom out and I have to think about our week and our month essentially. Um, 
which uh, for me and for us, I feel like I go through and I think about our standing like non-negotiable commitments for that week that happen every single week, like regardless of uh, what's going on. And so for me, I know, for example, Sundays is obviously church. We also have a standing family dinner. Both of our families are in town. So we do family dinner every Sunday. Um, and then, so I just kind of take those particular commitments that are not going anywhere. And I make sure that I have them written out. And then even further out, this is what allows me, I feel like, to um, take what is important for our like family culture and the, the, the thing that we would like to um, create and talk about like our monthly things that we want to accomplish. And for us, one of those things has been like one-on-one -on -one dates with the kids, which has been, uh, we haven't been doing it lately because we were sick this last month, but well, my husband and I, part of what we'll do on our couch time is sit down and look at our month and see when we can take the kid, one of us can take one kid out um, because we have a whole bunch of them to get some really quality one-on-one -on -one time with them. Um, and it actually, I feel like it's a dual service. It helps, it gets you one-on-one -on -one time with your child, but also the dynamic of the parent that's at home is totally different with all the other kids when there's one removed. And so it really has been a huge blessing, I feel like, to our family to find the time to make one-on-one -on -one dates with our kids. Um, and it also, I just feel like our relationship is stronger. Um, thanks, Steph. Is stronger and it also just, the, the culture and the atmosphere tends to run smoother for us, at least I found when we take the time to do that down a couple more. Um, yeah, so this is what I was talking about with just the weekly commitments, like lining those up and making sure that uh, time is set aside for those, but also zooming out even further. One-on-one um, -on -one dates is one example of a monthly thing. Uh, I also, we like to have people over, so hospitality is important to us, so we try to invite someone over once a month, but just really taking the time to like zoom out for us instead of just focusing so much on like our daily routine, like how are we going to get this habit, how are we going to get this routine, but also making sure that we're taking the time to evaluate like okay, this month, like we want to have this family over for dinner, or there's a meal train available and we want to serve and love this family. We try to do that once, uh, once a month. And then we're fortunate, like I said, our parents are in town. So we try to get like one overnight date a month where the grandparents will take the kids overnight. So I don't know. I just feel like when planning, instead of focusing and starting with the daily routine, I usually start here. And I feel like thinking about our monthly rhythms and our weekly rhythms has been a really helpful way that sort of makes it easier to plan the day to day, if that makes sense. So I felt like that was kind of a lot of rambling, but there you go. Thanks, Steph. I love that. And I feel like it's kind of starting with those commitments that you know you have and then working around that to say, okay, now how, how can we, we meet some of these, you know, my personal needs, the needs for the kids. Um, so I think that's just a really great place to start because all of our lives are a little bit different. The responsibilities and priorities we have are different. And um, it's great to kind of think about it at that level before getting to the week to week. Pauline, what are your kind of big hacks that you feel like have worked for you? Sure. So um, I'm gonna share from the perspective that, um, that we want our, um, our school, our homeschool, um, to not look like bringing a classroom into the home. And so, um, so one of our hacks is um, actually prioritizing family work. Um, 
as part of life, um, part of homeschooling. So I mentioned that um, we're just starting to incorporate some formal academics. So what our days um, look like before is a lot of um, family work because there's a lot of life skills, um, a lot of learning that happens during family work. And um, so we're able to get a lot of stuff done <laughs> that needs to happen, like cleaning and cooking. Um, and organizing because we're we're making it part of our informal lesson and how to live life and how to you know put things away and and the attitude that we have we should have behind it in the way that we do work um, and um, we're now transitioning um, to formal more formal and so um, something that helped is having a good routine and so in looking over what things. I can do um, with Chloe that involves Luke and what things that need uninterrupted time and then putting that into our schedule. So um, Steph, if you could have the slide to show, um, there's a slide that shows my children. Yes, so this is, um, so on the left, so we incorporated phonics or teaching Chloe to read. Um, as, as something that that we that we do now, and um, and so I, a hack that I um, that I have is I, I created sensory boxes for Luke, and so the one that he's playing with now it is a I guess like an animal theme. Um, it has beans in it, has Play-Doh, has scoops, and 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 little um, containers to scoop things in, and so when I'm doing like a reading lesson with Chloe then I will bring out a box. And actually now Luke, <laughs> Luke is, um, he, he knows what to expect now. And so when, when we go to the table and Chloe pulls, pulls out her book, Luke will say box. Say, yes, I'm gonna grab the box for you. And so he will just enjoy doing his box right next to Chloe um, with very minimal help. And of course um, it, um, he, ha he had to grow into this because I remember there was a workshop that we did regarding homeschooling and what to do with the toddlers. And at the time, Luke was not ready. I, I created things for him that he would just tear apart or just like throw all over the floor because he just wasn't at the age where he could actually engage in something in this way and be focused. But now that he is, so it's a blessing. So he is two years, he, he's, he turned to um, May 30th. And so now he's at a good age. So I have a box for um, that has um, kinetic sand, for example. Um, I have um, I have little pom poms in a box, and then he he does he likes to play with it with his with his dump truck and his construction vehicles. I tried um, water beads, and that needs a lot of supervision, so I don't recommend that <laughs> for for indoor play. So, um, but this is just an example of um, what we can do during the day. Um, if we, you know, with Luke, if we needed um, a time for a short lesson. Um, so what, what we decided is that during the day, we will have a short lesson, but we also do a lot of outdoor time because um, it, it is so beneficial for, for both children. And so um, you can see there's a picture of the children. Um, and, then, and then what we decided for uninterrupted time when Luke takes a nap is that we will actually do our Bible um, we will do our Bible and, and we will we will pray during that time, <laughs> so, <laughs> so we can actually have have um, have more focus. Um, and we would also do um, longer read out louds during that time. And then my other hack would be um, 
to break up large tasks into smaller pieces. So now that we're transitioning, um, it it is it's very difficult for me to um, go, you know, meal plan on the same day. Like for, for example, in the example of meals, it would be really challenging for me to meal plan a day, go grocery shopping, go prep, and then cook the meal at, on the same day. And so I find that if I break up that task into smaller pieces and have it um, throughout the week, then it makes it a lot more manageable um, since I'm allocating some time away from family work and, um, and into you know, formal um, homeschooling or formal lessons, I, I should say. So those are my hacks. Great, thank you so much. Um, we've got a couple minutes left and I'd love to just, you know, go around and maybe just share one thing that you were inspired by or you'd like to, you'd like to try from what was shared. Um, or if you just have a burning question, you can do that as well. So we'll use the remainder of the time for that. I have one. I'm curious what you all are thinking about when the fires come, if there's some places that you like to go when you can't get outdoors. I would love like to brainstorm with some of you for a couple minutes on that. Um, I'll share some of ours. We like Curiosity. Um, the museums, if they're safe and open, who knows what's going to happen um, in going to, gosh, yeah, it, most of them are in the city, so I'm not sure, but I'd love to hear some ideas from you all. It would be nice to have like a compiled, compiled shared list. I think now that the libraries are open, that's a place my kids really love and enjoy. So libraries are a good one. Making forts. My kids love to make forts inside or like have special permission to use the couch pillows in some creative way. Um, so that's another thing if we're kind of needing to spend the day inside, whether it's, you know, a, a limitation of a nap or something like that, like doing something a little bit like a bigger kind of indoor project um, that, that they're not normally given permission to do, I think is a good one too. So this is something that we have on the wall um, that I can share. Um, I think I came up with this during um, a time, I think it was a winter season where um, it was just, we had a lot of storms and we couldn't get out. <laughs> and so I made a list of, um, has arts and craft, I'm gonna try to, sorry, there's, there's arts and craft that we can do, we can pick from the list. And then we have um, indoor um, gross motor, <laughs> what we can do at home. And so um, sometimes if we can't get out, then, you know, we, we pick from the list of, of what we wanna do at home. So this has been helpful for us. I love that. Yeah, if you can take a photo and share that, that would be great. Pauline, I think you should paint your entire walls of your all the walls with with that chalkboard paint. <laughs> That's really great. What else? One thing you're going to take away from today, or you were inspired by, or burning question. I will take many things, but one of them that really stood up is um, being more organized with my days. Uh, I work Monday, Monday through Thursday, so I will need to get on a list of things 
you know, get on it because I don't have none. Um, that would really, really help. And I'll take that. Yeah. Yeah, for myself, um, I, I, I really like what Pauline said about bringing some aesthetics to our organizing as well as meal planning with menus that I know because um, my husband and daughter really want to do the meal planning, but I've been resistant because I like to go to the grocery store and see what's there. And, but that makes sense to write down all the stuff that you do well and then, and then add to it or, try, or throw in a recipe or two. That's great. Um, I, everybody said such great things. I like, I wrote down everything, um, but to narrow it down, I think first up, I like what Chrissy said about figuring out what your monthly rhythm is. So prioritizing, um, I think Tony and I need a date night. I, I'd really like, I've been meaning to try and establish a date night for myself with the girls kind of just figuring that out better with Tony. Um, so prioritizing that and, and working our life around other stuff, yeah. That's so great. I think, you know, one thing that's really wonderful about um, homeschooling and, and the freedom that you get with that, if that's the direction you're headed, is that it gives you the flexibility. You don't have to go by the school calendar year schedule. You can make your own schedule based on what you know you need. And so for me, because I work part-time last year, we did like a six week on one week off schedule all throughout the year. And that worked pretty well, but I'm actually thinking of even making it like a four week on one week off schedule <laughs> because we just are, my days are pretty full and long. Um, so it stretches out the school year, but for us, I think the, and mostly for me, I kind of need, I need a break a, a little bit more consistently. So, um, so I think, you know, I, I had a friend that is like, her kids are all in their twenties. She homeschooled five of them and they would do a three week on one week off schedule. And that's what worked for them. And because they also um, had their own business and worked and stuff like that. And so they just needed to do what they needed to do for their family. What else? And we're past time, so we can, we can wrap up too, if that's what everybody needs to do. <laughs> Any final thoughts? Um, everyone had really great ideas and I don't remember exactly who said what, but um, I like the idea of just um, asking, knowing what you need and asking for help. Like, you know, we have a lot of family support, but then I don't know, always know how to ask them for that help. And, you know, I can't do everything myself. So it's good to ask them specifically what I need help for. Awesome. Really good. Well, um, I, I think I can speak for all the moms that shared today that um, you've got our email uh, with the group email tech uh, email thread that I think Maria started. So if you have further thoughts or want to follow up on something somebody shared, um, get a link to that resource or something you want to pick up for your home. I feel like Pauline's chalkboards are pretty awesome. Um, <laughs> then uh, feel free to reach out. Um, and I would just love to close us in prayer as we go to throughout the rest of our day. Um, so Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this time. I thank you for every mother on this call, um, every family that they are a part of, both their, their 
kids and husband and also their extended family. And I just speak a blessing over each home and thank you that your presence would be real. It would be uh, accessible and, and something that they draw their strength from throughout the day. Um, I bless each one with just creative ideas and um, a sense of hopefulness about the things that are challenging now, knowing that um, you've given us the ability to change, that you've given us the ability to create new rhythms um, for ourselves and for our families. And I pray that as we take some inspiration and, and um, from, from today, that it would be with just the power of your Holy Spirit and partnership with your Holy Spirit and not in any kind of spirit of um, condemnation or anything of that, but just with an energizing sense of, I can draw from this for myself and for my family. So I just bless each one in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this is Jan, and I wanted to say that I was so sorry I couldn't join in on the, um, on the Busy Mom workshop, but I have listened to the recording and uh, really had a fun time getting good ideas. And, and what I thought of was that, you know, I was homeschooling, and as a young mom, I'm, I'm 75 now, right? And so if you push all that back, I just started thinking, wow, what a gift you guys have to have each other and the level of common pursuit of wisdom and principles that you are working on together and that you just, you have all this wonderful support to um, community, right? To, to um, keep you moving forward and inspired. And I, I just thought, whoa, what I would have given in my early years to have what you guys have. So I'm just real pleased and excited for you. And uh, and then I wanted to, to mention, um, I heard um, uh, it was um, um, Sonia's question, right, um, about her little girl, Savannah, and, and you guys all chipped in with, with um, thoughts and ideas there. And, um, and so, you know, we, we, you talked about um, being empathetic, helping her find empathy through her own pain towards this little guy. I don't know his name, so I'm just going to call him Billy for the sake of, of what I'd be sharing here. And um, so some teaching, Sonia, you mentioned, you know, I've been teaching her, but it's not taking hold. And um, others of you mentioned, um, you know, uh, being sim- sympathetic towards um, child's Savannah's growth process and what she's capable of, right, at this point in time, what might be more difficult for her than for another child, all of those those uh, helpful thoughts. And, um, and then, you know, we can add, you, you talked about the modeling, um, using the little figurines to model, using your own life to model, right? All of those things are, are um, helpful in the bigger picture, um, where you're teaching from the scriptures and the love of God and the demonstration out of the word of the love of God, right? Um, you can even, we have that principle in parent coaching to share your own um, righteousness process, right? And so I can even think, I can think in my life when I was in, in uh, junior high, there was um, a girl who had come, moved here from a foreign country and she was frail she dressed in the most awkward ways. She was painfully shy, could not make any eye contact with anyone. And I think back now, and I think, I wonder if she was abused in her home or 
had you know kind of been drawn into some mental problems but she used to wear a, a scarf around her head like nobody wore that right and she would walk alone everywhere she was alone at recess she was alone coming to school going to school never participated in anything very very awkward you know about even just being able to be in sports with other girls and all right and I remember um coming to a level of compassion for her where um I, I it just hurt to to feel her hurt and to wonder what was going on in her own life that she was so out of out of whack and uh, you know with with the rest of um her social peer group and all so lonely and um embrace this girl and and I didn't know much about God at that time at all because I wasn't raised in a Christian home. But I even remember praying for her, like, oh, God, this must be so awful for her, right? So just, you know, I'm sure you've got stories like that in your own experience. So don't forget that one about sharing your own righteous process of how I, you know, in that story, how I had to move from being critical and just pulling back from her, like, oh, I don't want to associate to her, to actually moving in to trying to be her friend and trying to walk home with her in the same direction and just be kind. She never really received my kindness. She stayed very awkward and withdrawn, but I did offer it and I moved from pure dependence of criticism and laughter at her to kindness and, and how good it felt in my soul, right? So you have those stories you can share with your children. And then I wanted to bring an element into the discussion about this um, because I, th I think it's very important. Um, Sarah, you had mentioned something um, saying, you know, that, that um, I would recommend that you don't expect your children to be um, who you want them to be, that you trust the system, I think is the word you used. I'm, I'm assuming you meant, you know, trust the approach um, uh, that we talk about in parenting. You keep modeling some shape or form, and in some way, when they're ready, it's going to happen and, and just stay the course. And um, so I want to I take a little exception with that. Um, when we talk about even Char Charlotte Mason, she would um, mention not presuming on God, right? That somehow, remember there, if you, you remember back in her books, I don't remember which one it was, but she was talking to parents just going, hey, wait a minute. You know, you can't just pull back, leave your children to go with the flow of however their soul is taking them and expect that somehow along the way, somebody else is going to come in and beef them up and get them in the right direction, or they're just going to get the idea themselves. She she actually said, you know, that was pretty presumptuous. So I want to just push push against that just a little bit and offer um, um, something more. Yes, this big picture, and that, and that perspective just expressed there with, um, you know, letting time play out, that can be a part of that big picture that we talked about. You're going to be working with your child, your children, for their whole lives, the Bible teaching, the modeling, the, all of that. But what we're going to come down to now from that I want to bring into perspective is you're down here with the three, um, the three main tools of parent coaching that we've talked about um, from Charlotte Mason. You've got atmosphere, the power of atmosphere and the power of environment that um, we have. You've got habit formation and you've got living ideas. So let's just zero in on that a little bit and bring this into, um, into a, I'll just add a few thoughts in here and you can take them or leave them. But 
Um, the idea, if we start with atmosphere and environment, the atmosphere of your home, your life as Christian families, is really cruelty doesn't happen here, right? It's not an option for our family. It's not an option for God's family. And we're, we're um, part of God's family. So cruelty just doesn't happen here. And the atmosphere of our home is kindness. And, and I know, um, Sonia, you had mentioned about um, really the modeling part being 90% you know, locked in. And that's awesome. Now, take that atmosphere and make it a slash there and say environment. Because we have the, the authority... Um, and and um, the prerogative as parents to do the very best for our children to not allow sinful or wrong, childish, um, you know, self-defeating, God-defeating behaviors to happen. They just don't have room in our environment, right? And so they can't happen. We've talked about that business of antisocial behavior and, and what you do with antisocial behavior, a child who's being unkind to another child, a child, well, you know, people are not for being unkind to, you know, these toys are not for throwing, um, you know, temper tantrums don't happen here, right? And so the child is removed from that situation. Why? Well, yes, you want to bring peace into the environment and, you know, maybe spare the other child. But bottom line, as a life coach, you're trying to teach this child how life in the good lane works and how life in the bad lane doesn't work, right? If you want to say it that way. So this child knows everything comes to a screeching halt if they're making choices that are really going to be devastating for their lives in the long run might seem like a little childish thing. What's well, a little cruelty among children? Other people would say, no big deal. Our philosophy, we go, heck a big deal. Not going to happen on our watch with our child because if it happens once, then it's likely to happen twice, happens twice, likely to happen four times. You know, we go up exponentially the way we've talked about it, right? So here we have our precious little Savannah, right? Who is, is um, you know, substantially age, or substantial age, right? She's seven, I think, you know, you said now, Sonia, right? So a seven-year-old is very conscious of what kindness is and what cruelty is. They have had experiences. Savannah has had experiences where she's been the brunt of something somewhere in those seven years where she has some some empathy point to, to identify with. But even though you've tried to do that with her, um, Sonia, that has not um, that just hasn't grabbed her soul. The pressure for, of her flesh um, is greater than the living ideas that you're giving her, right? Because we do have the living ideas and you've been giving her those and it's not grabbing hold. So now we don't just leave it to chance. We don't just say, okay, somewhere along the line, the, the modeling will kick in. Like, you know, she'll see somebody else being kind and want to. Maybe yes, hmm, maybe no. And that's not an option for us to maybe no. So we are going to intervene. This is what I would bring, the perspective I would bring. And so, um, you know, you can, you can uh, even begin to talk to her um, to say, you know, Savannah, would you ever, ever pick up a stick and hit another child? Oh, no, no, no. She'd go, no, I wouldn't do that. Would you ever take a rock and throw it at another child's head? Oh, no, I would never do that. 
Now, you would not do that, sweetie, right? Because you know how wrong that is and how hurtful it is. And you just, you, that's never would be an option for you. But sweetie, think about this. People don't just have bodies. They have souls, just like you do. You have feelings. You have, you know, you have your, we call it your heart. We call it your soul, right? But what you're doing with Billy and your dirty looks and you're ignoring him and you're running away from him and your unkindness, actual cruelty, sweetie, to him, is you are like the same thing, taking up a stick, but now you're hitting his soul. You're hitting the inside person. You're throwing a rock at the heart of this person. And, and I know you would never want to do that. So you'd say something like that, just, you know, possibly something like that, right? And you'd watch the child's eyes. And if you begin to see her, see a puddling eyes, you begin to see a, oh my gosh, what am I doing? This is awful. You can, you can feel the recognition of I've done something really, really wrong and, I'm, and I don't want to be that way. Then you're going to take it in one direction, right? But, um, and, and you'll see that softness and you can work with that. Now, how are we going to change that, honey? How instead of that can, can we do this? And what is that going to look like? And when is it going to look like that, right? So when do you see him going into school? Okay, what's that going to look like? Now you can bring your role play in. If her heart is soft and she's really engaging and she's really pulling in you like, oh, mom, dad, help me solve this bad problem. You help me get out of the pain of knowing that I did something wrong. If you have that child... Now, that state of heart, you're going to go in one way. And if you still sort of see that cold, ah, big deal, I don't like this creepy kid, and, and you, know, you know, there's not a point of sadness or regret in there, then the, the direction that you go in is the control of the environment. Sweetie, I love you so much, and you are a beautiful little girl, but you know what? I noticed when you saw Billy at school, I saw a look in your eyes that really troubled me. It looked to me like you were getting some kind of satisfaction, almost joy, you know, but some deep satisfaction out of being mean to him, out of rejecting him, out of excluding him um, from your life and from the life of your friends. I saw something, maybe I'm wrong, but this is what I saw, I think, in your eyes and in your body, I saw that you were getting some level of satisfaction out of that. That's so deeply troubling to me. And, and so here's the deal. Cruelty to another human being is not an option in, in, our, in the family of God, and therefore it's not an option in our family. And so where you're seeing Billy now is at school, and for you to be in school... For you to be have the privilege of being in school, it means that you have to have a right heart and you are kind and good to everyone there, including Billy. That's not been the case. And so, um, honey, then school's not going to happen. We can't go to school and be cruel to people because school is a place to be kind and loving as, as everywhere else. So... Um, honey, I'm going to call your teachers and I'm going to let them know that, um, that you won't be in school for several days. And, um, and then we'll see where your heart is and what's happening in your heart. And, and then we'll see where we go from there. 
But this is not to punish you. It's just to say you can't be with people and be mean. You can't be with people and hurt them. It's just not an option. Okay? Now, that's kind of a long-winded um, description of how I would suggest you come at it with a child. But there needs to be that environment where just like you have a child in front of you, little toddlers who are bashing each other with a toy and you're going, toys are for having fun, the toys go away. And by the way, people are not for hitting. People are not for hurting. That's what you say to Savannah and another child in their position because the flesh comes in and does get perverse satisfaction over being one-upsman. It's actually pride, which God says is a, is a devastating sin that you do not want to allow to even have a habit start even of, of pride and arrogance and, um, and superiority in a child. So I would take it very, very seriously. And that child, the social ramifications are Savannah can't be with people unless she's kind to them, all of them, all the time. Otherwise, that child needs to be pulled away and said, you know, told people are not for hurting. And, um, and so therefore, you know, we can't be with people. And sweetie, I'm seeing that you have a problem. I can help you with that if you would like help. So that's where you go in and you're, you're testing the waters for the child's cooperation. I think, Steph, you mentioned a little bit about that, um, uh, you know, just with a, a child who maybe, you know, isn't ready. If a child is not ready to make a right choice because it has to do with that immaturity of heart or lack of experience or just being caught up sort of for a one-time shot in, in something bad, but their heart is really, it's not going into full-on flesh when you see that flesh being cultivated step in take very you're gentle you're not scolding you're not angry you're concerned your your life coach mode is on and so I'll just add this one thing um, Sonia, I know there was good um, uh, comments too about not owning, to, you know, stepping in and getting emotionally tripped up with, with Savannah's negative behavior. And, um, and so, you know, that is something we've talked about in parent coaching, that if, 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 if you're really um, feeling all emotionally distraught, you're not going to be able to think of the creative ideas. Your mind is just going to go blank because you're thinking, I'm embarrassed with my friend. I'm, I'm sad for what my daughter's doing. I feel impotent. I know, know how to help her. So that big word I in there now totally cuts you off from a life coach mindset. So that's one we have to nip in the bud. Right? It's like the difference between fear and faith. If I choose fear, I'm dead for. I'm, I'm dead you know, in the water in terms of making a right choice because it'll just grab me and take me into wrong places. So, all right, let me pray over you guys because that's just the, the way I operate. And so, Father, thank you for the moms on this call now and thank you for the moms that will be listening to this workshop. And I pray, Lord, that... Um, that these this, this added perspective um, that I'm putting in here um, on the challenge with with Savannah um, will help just expand um, the options and the understanding and knowing um, really the authority and the power of structuring environment so that only the good can be cultivated in a child's life and the bad. <laughs> 
could not, it doesn't, it doesn't have a place. It doesn't have an, a place to flourish. It's just not provided for. So Lord, thank you for wisdom. Thank you for each of these families and um, give them the wisdom and discernment they need for their child, Lord. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, moms. Thanks for listening. Bye.